up and up with his grandma at school. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. some kids don't care, boy. No, they don't. All right, we on live here. Uh, Kyle Means and Joe Tanksey, uh here on uh, Monday night. Means doing it once again, second to last time before. Uh, I'm going to be doing this show before uh, 2022. And, uh, you know, Joe giving me some uh, some horror stories about his, his life as a teacher. You know, I, Mondays are bad enough. But, uh, Man, it's know. not. I wouldn't call them. I wouldn't characterize them as horror stories. Just challenges. <laughs> challenges. 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 Because I, I do mm. enjoy teaching. And, so, and a, lot, a lot of days are better than others. So, you know, so I bet, yeah, I bet most Mondays are t- pretty tough for you. Though. Yeah, Mondays are Mondays. Mondays can be difficult, you know. But today, you know, if you know the students is wound up, you know, they're getting ready to get out for winter break. You know, a lot of them got presents under their tree, so they, they they're anxious to be out of school for a while. And so, you know, yeah, you know, it, yeah, it's that, just, that's that's definitely yeah, that's definitely a restless time. Yeah, so they're restless, you know, and so it is what it is. <laughs> I, I, I'm noticing I got two educators on on the show. I know uh, you and uh, Steve Parham is going to come on uh, after you leave, actually. Uh, he's the head uh, basketball coach at Julian, and uh, he's been helping out with, uh, you know, some of – I guess he's, 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 sort, he's quickly become like my high school basketball correspondent. Like, you know, he's – the talking about stuff that you know, you know, we we trying to look more into what's going on on the scene here in the city and everything. And of course, you know him coaching at Julian. He knows a lot. He's a well respected guy in the city and uh, trying to build up some, build back something up down at that, at that school. But he's also very in tune uh, with uh, with stuff that goes on pretty much everywhere. He writes for uh, you know website and everything as well. So. Uh, he's gonna be on to talk about uh, one showcase they had over at a the, at a team road showcase over at uh Adidas and everything. They had that over okay. at uh, yeah at Mount Carmel uh, okay. over the weekend. There was a couple kids. One kid uh is the first one kid who was there was the first kid to be recruited by the new uh, regime at Duke. Uh, you know John Shire taking over for Coach K after this year. And he, okay. he recruited this kid from Yorkville, Christian. Okay. And um, another kid uh, is going to Gonzaga, who plays for Glen Bard West. Uh, they was out there as well. So is they getting it in with the you know the suburbs? You, mm-hmm. you can't play around with the suburb kids here in Chicago either. You know, city or suburb. So mm-hmm. we we're gonna talk about that later. Uh, definitely gonna talk about the Bulls and the Bulls and the Hawks losing games. <laughs> uh, with the COVID stuff, you know, I think, I think we're on the road back to the bubble, man. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know. You, you, you really think so? I mean, is this a league wide thing? I know, I, I really. Well, to it, be honest, it, 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 it's, it hasn't been, but it, it's been surprisingly centered in with the Bulls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, uh, Charlotte has had Charlotte has had about four or five uh, cases at once as well, and they actually it, it sort of coincides with the Bulls because they played the Bulls like a week ago Monday, and um, 
but the Bulls have just it's just been like an avalanche. Like it's just every day you hear about a new guy getting uh getting put onto the, the COVID protocols. Uh Alize Johnson made it 10 guys today, 10 bulls. Now the fortunate thing was that that's insane. They, yeah, it, it really is. Like they were down to the league limit of eight people to you know, you gotta have at least eight active people to play a game. As, the, as they have it right now, and the Bulls were at that number, but they were going to gain back two more people, apparently, in, in uh, Javante Green and uh, Kobe White for a game that was scheduled for the game that was scheduled tomorrow. But now that's been wiped off uh, for the time being. The Tuesday and the Thursday games this week are postponed. Uh, as of now, the next time they're scheduled to play is Sunday against the Lakers uh, here in Chicago. So, and so, you know. so, you know, I haven't really, you know, to be honest, I, you know, I've been, you know, primarily focused on what the Bears have been doing. And I've been watching the Bulls play. You know, I've watched quite a few Bulls games this year. But what are, like, the, the parameters as far as the uh, the amount that the players that have been exposed and, and, and do, in fact, have COVID? How long do, do they have to sit out to quarantine? I know from experience that, you know, as a teacher, when we have to quarantine our classroom, it was 10 days. Ten calendar yeah. days. Is it the That's same what thing? That's what they're working with too. Ten, okay, it's ten, it's ten days. You can get if if you get two negative tests in one day, you pretty you you, you can be cleared uh, to come back in. That happened with LeBron like last but, week. He got, but here's the thing. But here's the, here's the interesting thing though. You know, because I'm just you know speaking from experience. You know, <laughs> the times that the times that you know I've had to quarantine my classroom. You know, all it takes is one exposure, and the and mm-hmm. the whole classroom is shut down. You know, yeah. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. So with the Bulls, they got multiple, 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 multiple cases. <laughs> right. That's why I'm <laughs> and like, still being allowed to play. Yeah, and, and that's why a lot of people was starting to speak over the past. You know, over the weekend, essentially was like, look, something got to be done by the NBA, or this is going to get to a crisis thing where they, I mean, you keep, you can't keep having them play mm-hmm. other teams because then it's going to expose the whole league to this. That's why they're taking this break now. So they're, hope, they're hoping the that they're, they're hoping that, you know, this thing gets settled in some way over the next week or so and that it doesn't become a thing. Like, like and I'm being a little bit facetious when I'm talking about the bubble, but it can happen. Like you say, it can happen quickly. Mm-hmm. It, can, it, it, it can happen rapidly. And, and that, I mean, you know, when, when this thing first happened, you know, towards the end of 2019 and, you know, the, the NBA came up with the bubble and with all the technology that they were using and, you know, the stuff that, you know, the contact tracing and stuff that they did and all the measures that they took to make sure that they did not spread COVID to see them, you know, behave, Adam Silver and the league behave with this, like, the, you know, like they are with the Bulls seems irresponsible. Um, and so well, you, you you know why that's the case is I think it's two things. What is that? The the virus isn't as deadly at this point as it is. I mean, yeah, the bulls are. Was, I mean, the bulls know, are one hundred percent vaccinated. So yeah, yeah. but at the, at the at the same time, though, um, you got fans in the stands. You got people sitting courtside. Uh, yeah. and you know and that's the other thing, Joe. They what do all those people bring? They bring in money, and they had they had to spend about a year and a half 
taking in less revenue because they couldn't they first couldn't play in front of any fans in their stadiums and then they what they could had to play in a bubble then they they could play in the stadiums again but they couldn't play in front of any fans mm-hmm. so now that they're trying to hold off for as long as they can any type of uh drastic uh any type of drastic uh re uh you know reorganizing of the of the league and the games where they have to they have to, you know, cut fans off again and cut off. Well, here's the, the thing. Here's, here's the thing, Kyle. You know, I, I see what you're saying, you know, but it's it's a double-edged sword because now you allow a team to travel, play multiple other teams, possibly yeah. expose other teams. So what are you, in fact, doing? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I, I agree with you. Sir. I, I agree with what you're saying, but that's – the league is not they, – they, they're going to – they're going to try all the options that they have until it becomes not feasible anymore. And and, and like I say, it, it has to do with them keeping the money going that they can get and, you know, not upsetting the ba- – they would they just, with this season, was they got back to their regular schedule. I mean, we – the people don't uh, – we, you know, we have to remember – we have to remind ourselves that the last season ended in mid-July. That's not when the NBA season is supposed to end. So right. they only had that. That gave them like a month less of time to transition into this new season, which they were hoping would be a regular, regularly you know played season that you no know, ends in early June and all that, like they like they used to, like they're used to having it. But you know, if, and they're they're reaching, and like like you say, Joe, they're playing with fire here, mm-hmm. but. Until it until it all blows up, I think like they didn't play in April of 2020. They they shut everything down the immediate immediately because nobody knew how dangerous COVID was at the time, and we found out how deadly it was. And they did the right they did they did the right thing there exactly. But today they're sort of like. Okay, we got we got our vaccinations, we got every, we got this and that, our protocols and everything. So let's just try hope against hope that like like I say go go with the protocols and hope against hope that there's not another breakdown that shuts that that at least one team doesn't have to get shut down for any uh grand amount of time and the Bulls are almost that team. We're talking about losing two games already. Uh, but not losing two games, but delaying two games. Yeah. But you know, if if, if they don't, if, like I say they're playing with fire, and if they don't watch themselves, they could lose a significant amount of time and games, and that's going to lead to other teams losing games, and that's going to lead to all types of issues of well, you know, competitive balance and all that stuff. And yeah, it's it's it's, it's just a it's lot. It's crazy. It's crazy. And like, and, and furthermore, like I, I I commend the Bulls for being one hundred percent vaccinated. But other than that, what other practices and stuff are they using for this to outbreak to happen the way that it is? I mean, yeah, you uh, gotta wonder. Like, some reporting <laughs> has to be done with this because what the hell are they doing to be exposed so much to to COVID? What are they doing with themselves? Right. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I'll. I'll see you. Uh, I may speak some more about this l- later, but uh, with Steve or uh, you know, Drew is, is supposed to be on as well. But 
Uh, he, he's been caught up in some stuff uh, outside, so I don't know if he's going to be able to join us tonight, but we'll see. But, uh, but yeah, uh, like I said, Bulls, Bulls missing two games. The Hawks had a game tonight that they were scheduled to play with Calgary, and Calgary actually is the one with the issues. Okay. Uh, the Hawks haven't had the issue. They haven't had any issues or breakouts themselves, but Calgary came in with like several teams. They, they were supposed to play here in Chicago, and they've came in with like several guys uh, exposed, and so they uh, that game has been postponed as well. So you know, it's 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 touch like this, this uh, Omicron variant and everything is 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 not stopping anytime soon. So I don't know. So like so. Think about this. What, 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 you know, I'm not Greek, so I don't, you know, maybe one of the frats or the divine nine had to chime in and let us know. But how many Greek letters are there? That means, you know, it's going to how many different variants there are, right? Yeah. yeah so we that, all the way up at, name, yeah. yeah. So they saw all the way up at the Omicron barrier. That's what we're like, what, 15, 16, 17 different variants? I guess so. Yeah. It's crazy. We we gonna be up to the Zeta variant and the Omega, right the Omega variant and the the Kappa Alpha Five variant <laughs> right yeah. it's gonna yeah. this, this stuff ain't leaving no time soon unfortunately but uh but Joe man, I you know I know you you about to about to leave soon and we haven't even gotten to the bad stuff yet uh you know <laughs> I mean yeah, it ain't really much to. You know, fortunately, the Bears don't have any uh, breakouts with uh, COVID. You know, it, they got enough drama without that. But, you know, yesterday was a, a pretty, you know, a good first half, to mm-hmm. say the least. I mean, really, you could you could argue that the game last night was probably the best all-around game that they were going to offer mm. this season. Mm. I mean, <laughs> how, many, how many more games are – they haven't scored any more in the game than they've had last than they did yesterday. Their defense didn't well, at least for the first like quarter, quarter and a half, was as active and aggressive as they've been all season. And the special teams done jack squat all season. They finally do something last uh, yesterday in, in multiple multiple good returns and and an actual punt return, which is some for uh, no, interestingly enough, didn't happen in the league at all before last night. A punt return for touchdown. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Let's talk about that. Jakeem Grant. It was actually, I think, I tweeted out. It was me. I tweeted out during the the, the Cardinals game that you know I noticed that you know Jakeem Grant had been taking off you know the kick returns, and I you know I, I thought that maybe would lead you know that was leading to a bigger role. On, on on offense, and, yeah. and, and we and we saw that you know he was able to make some plays in the Arizona game. Uh, I believe he had a touchdown in the Arizona game, didn't he? Uh, oh, God. Uh, yeah, he had a touchdown. He he caught a touchdown from Andy Dalton in the okay. Arizona game, and then he comes back this week, and you know he's he's able to make a, a few splash uh, splash plays uh, uh, for the Bears, and so. You know his his his, his decision making sometimes with the kick returns and the punt returns are questionable, but he does have the capability to be electric and, and break games open, as we can you know as we saw last night, and you know I I, I think um, 
the Bears are getting, you know, what from Jakeem Grant, what they've been missing from, you know, Tariq Cohen, who's been out for injury. And he's, sure. you know, and you know, he he's he's been an addition later on in the season, you know, and they're and then just they're just starting to figure out ways to utilize him more on offense, which I think, you know, is, is a good wrinkle to have. And you know, that's something that, you know, Nagy likes those niche guys that, you know, he can kind of draw up and, you know, all these, you know, these cutesy things for, and, you know, Joaquin yeah. Grant is one of those guys, you know? Um, and so, you know, but you look, a- you look at stuff, you look at that and you look at, you, you talk about the different variations of plays that could be drawn up with some of these, these guys. And the, I think probably the, the, the most explosive play last night from scrimmage in that, in, in that vein was the Damir Bird. Mm-hmm. Uh, play where he comes from out the backfield and uh, he ends up drawing a, a matchup with a linebacker, which was a, a definite uh, mismatch given his speed. He, you know, he makes a quick cut over the middle, uh, you know, fields hits some great in stride, perfectly in stride. He goes off uh, about 44, uh, mm-hmm. 44 yards for the touchdown. Goes to like, the house. Yeah, ran it. Nope, not even touched. And it's a great play, great design, great everything. Everybody on the post games loved it and everything. Now, I ask you, like, why we've had these guys all year. And, mm-hmm. you know, it seemed like, you know, the, the speed was a premium. Uh, the Bears were putting speed at a premium. They wanted these type of speedy guys to make plays, even though we didn't, you don't have Cohen. I say we got these speedy receivers. Uh, it got another one, in fact. Who made a, a game winning play for Tampa yesterday <laughs> and Rashad Perriman, who mm-hmm. uh couldn't cut it here for whatever reason. It's interesting that he could cut it in Tampa Bay though. But but uh, you know, I, I just ask you right quick, man, why why have why does it take so long for these things that which we know that they're trying to do at the beginning <sighs> of the season to be established and, and be used in any type of effective way? I mean, we could if they did that a few games ago, maybe. Like say we get the points. Here's the thing. Well, here's the thing. Like here's the thing. I I think as far as the Bears go, what we've seen from them and what we've seen from this coaching staff, there is no cohesive plan as to 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 develop uh, and, and and come up with you know bread and butter things that you do well. And yeah. you know, and we we hear this all the time about you know Matt Nagy. You know, it's not really a scheme. It's just a collection of plays. You know, so. You know, and so for me, it's almost like, you know, my sense of it is that he's just pulling plays out of the hat. You know what I'm saying? He's just he's just pulling plays out of the hat. Maybe this one will work. Maybe this one will work. Maybe this one will work. You know, and so, so for the, me. Or the big, or the big, uh, the big IHOP board is too, maybe it's too big for him. Maybe he's like a, you know, right. maybe he's a smaller so, board or something, you know? So, like, and, and honestly, I, 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 like for me, Watching the Bears' offense, it's almost like they don't even watch any tape on what the other teams like to do. All right, they just decide what plays we want to run this week. You see what I'm saying? Right. You're not actually planning for the team that you want to that you're going against. You're just deciding what plays you want to run this week. Right. Because yeah, because we want we want to be more encouraged with what we do. Right. And, you know, we, you we, know, we, we want to be able to see that we can do these one, two, or three things, and then we can feel encouraged and 
like uh, Nagy at the half yesterday was like, well, I'm, fi- I'm I'm having fun because he right. saw the plays that he designed actually get off. So he was he was he was jipper skipper at that point, not right. not realizing the fact that Green Bay was just took all the best that he had and was still like in the game. Point. Yeah, they were yeah, up a point or down a point, whatever. It was it was a game, and they were ready to take over in the second half. And he had no idea of how to counter what they were going to counter him with. Right. And so – and that's the thing, you know, and that's what drives me crazy with this, with, with, with this regime is that the inability to coach end game and the inability to coach to the strengths of your personnel. You know, we, we, we saw a game last weekend – where Bill Belichick with his rookie quarterback, uh, Mac Jones from Alabama, which mm. I, I which I'll say, you know, he's having a really successful year. But look where he's at. Look who he has coaching him. All right, he's not as talented as Justin Fields. All right, he, I don't think he has the pedigree. I mean, he he did you know coach Alabama, but Alabama's loaded every single year. Yeah. Uh, and you know he gets up there. You know he doesn't have the biggest arm. He's not the fastest. All right, but he's very capable. He was a capable young man who's very smart and, and can run and, and play for Bill Belichick. Because and what, and what you're saying, well, what you're referencing is the Monday night game, <laughs> and the weather was crazy up in Buffalo. High winds and snow running around, and he throws for only what seven times. He threw three so, times. They had three, three passes. Three times. I'm, I'm, he yeah, only threw I'm, three times. I knew. I knew. It was, I knew it was a single digit. But I, he I threw three passes, and you know, Bill. You know, Bill Belichick, Josh McDaniels. They do what they need to do to win that day, that week. Yeah, yeah they you know could, They took. The, they took the ball out of his hands. And made sure that he wouldn't throw them out of the game. Right now, if that and was so, Nagy, if that was Nagy, the Bears would have threw thirty times and gave the ball up five or six times. You know what I'm saying? In doing so. No no max protect, only five-man protections, you know, the bare minimum, you know. And so – and that's the thing. Though you see it, you know, across the NFL, the good coaches do what it takes to win that week. All right? Mm -hmm. You know, do what it takes. Know who you're going up against. What's going to help you beat that team? And then do that. Definitely. Definitely. It, yeah, it's as simple as that. And those that those that separate that's what today separates the, the good, even the good coaches, but definitely the great coaches from mm-hmm. the mediocre coaches. And and that you know, that's what the Bears got. They got a mediocre coach and he's you know on his way out. The you door. know what I would even consider him mediocre, you know, because really <laughs> no, because I mean, look at how many losing streaks he's had and he's going through. You know he. You know, <laughs> that's 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 the sign of him not. Oh, oh you saying he's worse than mediocre? Okay. You no, know, oh, he. I, I think he's worse than mediocre. I thought you were saying that he was. He was better I think than he's. Okay. I think he's worse than mediocre. I think he's yeah. worse than mediocre. Um, okay. I, yeah, I was being nice. I guess. So. Yeah. Nah. He's. He. You know. He's. He's not. You know. He's not an average. You know. You know. Coach. You know. And an average coach is. You know what they have in. You know. In Minnesota, and Minnesota's playing better than the Bears right now. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 I see what you you're saying. I mean, yeah, it's it's I I I just don't understand it, man, for real. But you know, as far as I, I would, uh, you know, let's like I said, we 
we're we not going to drag on too long. We're going to get uh, Steve Parham on in a minute anyway. But, uh, you know, as far as the positive stuff from yesterday, and probably you, that boils down to a couple of uh, individuals. I, I want to throw a question at you that uh, mm-hmm. I saw from Jack Silverstein last night on Twitter. You know, he uh, he was he's keeping track of two records that are that are possibly uh, going to be overtaken. Uh, one being uh, team records, Bears records. One being the sack record, and uh, you know Robert Quinn is getting pretty close to that. He's at fourteen now, and I think the record is like seventeen and a half by Richard mm-hmm. Dent. And uh, the uh, rookie quarterback touchdown record, uh, you know, uh, uh, Fields, I think is within three or four of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, forget, I forget the player. I have to let, let me see if I can look at it right quick, uh, but. You know, he he had a he had a poll about which records you think will fall. I actually voted that both of them will fall. You know, what what do you think? Will, you know what I, I I do think both of them could fall. Uh, you know, the Bears opponents coming up. You know, the next few games they don't really have any outstanding dominant teams that they're going against. So yeah. you know, all all those records are up for grabs, uh, and so uh, they both have an opportunity to to, to, to fall. Okay. Yeah. And you look at you look at like just the the way that Quinn is playing. Like I think him getting four sacks in four games. I don't think that's gonna be too much to ask of him. And the Bears, you know, the offense has been finally you know uh, effective enough to where you know you you, you figure we're talking about touchdown passes too purely uh, with this with this record. Uh, you know, I, I yeah, I, I I definitely think that uh that's gonna happen for both of them. Okay, oh okay, O'Rourke is the, the <laughs> yeah uh, is the is the quarterback who has the rookie record. I think he says uh yeah, it's only twelve that uh that Fields would need to set the record. So mm-hmm. yeah, that, yeah. Well, okay, uh, let's say so. Fields has six now. So it is a little bit of a, you know, a little bit of a challenge for him. He'd have to get, he'd have to double his number in the next four games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, but is it far fetched that he can go throw two against Minnesota, two against the Giants, and two against the Seahawks? Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like, I, I think, yeah, I think it could happen. Yeah, I th- yeah, I think it could happen. You know, in the, in the same vein with Quinn going up against you know, those same opponents, you know. I think he has a good shot of getting that dent record, you know, maybe surpassing it as well. Yeah, definitely, definitely. All right. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm getting ready to let you go, Joe. I'm trying to, <laughs> I'm trying to see. I guess, I guess he's tweeting out the link to the show, which I appreciate, but he's he's not uh, getting in the room yet. Okay, okay. So he about, you know, he just said he missed. He about to log in, but. Uh, any, anything else right quick before, uh, like say, Steve joins us that uh, jumped out? You know what? I, I was, you know what? I was, I was, you know, I was, in, you know, slightly impressed with the with the play of uh, Jalen Johnson when he did match up with uh, Devontae Adams. Uh, sure. You know, yeah. that, that, that was a good matchup and he, he played very well. Uh, and, I, and I like that how hard he was on himself after the game of, you know, about what he needs to do to get better. You know, and, and kudos yeah. to Green Bay. He approached that matchup well, though. Like, yeah, he and did, and then, you know, yeah. and, and Green Bay had the scheme ways to, 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 
to 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 get him the ball, and which they did. But uh, uh, he 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 showed up and he played very well. Yeah, definitely. He, yeah, he was. He he had a lot of effort to it. He was nice and physical on those on, the, on those a lot of those one on ones. They showed it pretty well on the broadcast. Gave him some props, you know. I, I'm I'm a I you know a lot of people had a lot of different things to say about the broadcast. Of course, it too that typically is the case when it's your right. team on Sunday night, and you know you always notice something annoying that Collinsworth says or. Al Michaels says or something. That one thing I, I I'm gonna back up that uh you know was brought to notice when they they talked about the coaches records against Green Bay and like they grew they 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 showed that Hallis had a winning record and Dick had a winning record of course uh you no know, uh but they grouped in all the coaches after that having like uh you know 13 14 wins or something. And you know, people was like again, again, shout out Jack Silverstein. You know, they they didn't they didn't mention that Lovey had eight of those wins. He had you know more than half of the wins out against uh, you know Green Bay that have been since Ditka. And you know that's that's I, you got to give Lovey his props for that. Lovey approached the rivalry in the way that it was it needed to be approached, and nobody mm-hmm. really has done it before him or since him. In the you know post Dicker era, and, and but here's the thing, you know, you, I, I think that you know as far as you know with things going the city, I think a lot of folks would rather have Lovey back right now than what they've gone through the last you know three of you know with three coaches was it we had Tressman, yeah. John Tressman, Fox, Fox, and, and then Nagy, you know. I mean, minus you know the twelve and four season, which you know, which 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 we all know is luck now, beginner's luck. <laughs> it was uh, a complete fluke. Yeah, it was beginner's luck. Uh, yeah. We know, you know, it's uh, you know, Levy, Levy, Levy was legit. He got him to a Super Bowl. You know, saying they won playoff games. You know, they had some exciting teams. Um, they never, you know, they never quite could you know figure out you know having Jay Cutler and getting him reined in. But um, uh, he he did a good job. Yeah, it is. You know, shout out to Love You, man. I hope you right. What yeah? What job he got? Now? I think he's a coordinator somewhere. I forget. Yeah, he's a coordinator somewhere. I can't remember yeah. where. <laughs> yeah, but he yeah, he he doing his thing, man. I, I, I get, probably still got the white beard and everything. He right. If I was him, man, I'd be on the I'd be creeping on the come up for a new job because mm-hmm. you know uh. She, look at all that money that uh that Tucker got in, in, in Michigan State. She, it's some look at all these co- the money these coaches are getting in general. Like, yeah, true money. indeed, true indeed. And I think uh, a lot of coaches, especially in the NFL, their salary is not even uh, advertised. So you know, it is well, what it is. But you know, Mel Tucker, you know, you talk about a guy who was the worst. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> In Chicago, but you know he's doing his thing with Michigan State, and it's all about recruiting and getting the right kids to play for you. So I mean, he he he's he's done well in Michigan State. Yeah, definitely. Let's bring Steve in as a say, uh, send Joe off. You all right, gentlemen. You all have a yeah, good right, Yeah, all right, man. Have a good one, Joe. Thank you so much. All right, man. See, see. Uh, I guess uh, I'll talk to you later in the week, but uh. I guess we will. We'll probably be attending that 
<laughs> Monday night game next week, I guess. Was, That's going to be a good one. That's going to be a good one. <laughs> I guess it'll be competitive at least. Yeah. <laughs> I don't right. know how good it'll be, but it'll be probably competitive. But yeah, we'll check. We'll give y'all more on that uh, in, in the upcoming week. But uh, all right, Joe, enjoy your, enjoy your week, bro. Enjoy your night. Likewise, likewise. Thanks for having me. All right, man. All right, Steve, how, how's it going on, man? How's, 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 how's it going? Man, before uh, I logged on, definitely heard you guys talking about the Bulls and the COVID protocol. And yeah, I, I don't, I'm crossing my fingers, but I'm, I'm, I'm probably a day away from finding out if my team is going to be going through one ourselves. Okay, so that, that's, a good, that's a good place to start there. It, it, so you, there is a chance that you, you know, has, has there been a lot of talk on, on this high school level about because like we, we we're gonna talk about an event like the, the last couple of weeks there have been events multiple events going on here in the Chicago area and a lot of people getting together and everything like that and kids get together and, and you you never know what kids can spread to each other at any given yeah. moment so I yeah what just what is the situation of right now for you and, and and do you see any type of uh postponement that you know or uh, 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 any type of uh, challenges like that uh, lying ahead for you or, or for anybody else um yeah so i'll speak about my situation first currently uh today um today I had practice and um practices didn't feel right a lot of guys were you know having headaches and things of that nature and just wasn't going as hard as I expected. After giving them three days off to kind of like rest their bodies and kind of recuperate from a, a, a busy first two weeks we had during the season. And um, we got an agenda day, and a lot of kids had this, the same um, type of ailments. And so it was sounding like on me, I just felt like I want to be precautious again and just I just shut down practice because when, you, when everybody's suffering from the same thing, that can't be a coincidence. Yeah. So, yeah, I had a couple of kids who uh, stayed home for the same thing. So I just said, let's shut it down. And uh, normally what happens is for CPS, we have this uh, COVID protocol where if you're not vaccinated, uh, they have uh, companies come in and test their students. So it's like a mandatory uh, students have to get tested for COVID and a group comes in once a week. And normally all the athletes go and get tested and then um, if they're clear, they're, they're able to play. And if you don't get tested, then you won't be able to play that week. So uh, today, being Monday, uh, my guys went down and got tested today. But we will find we probably won't find out until like tomorrow or maybe Wednesday about, uh, you know, the outcome of uh, the COVID test. And me and Joe, we, when we were talking like go about it earlier, we were sort, we sort of wondering like, what type of things, you know, could allow for something like this to spread so rapidly among a basketball team? Like, we we all played the game, you know, but, you know, at, at, to be a, on an organized level and have a, you know, travel with guys and do things like that, like, you know, I, you know that the, at the NBA level, they, they're doing so much to try to offset these things but it's Correct. still not working for the Bulls, at least. And, you know, I know there's a lot less available for you to, you know, at your level to to you know, offset these things. But, you know, on a general sense, what do you think 
could allow for such rapid transmission of a disease or, or illness or something like this to happen amongst a basketball team? Well, for one, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on the head. Like, honestly, the kids are supposed to be wearing masks. They're supposed to be wearing masks during games. Mm -hmm. And honestly, you can't tell me a game where you've seen kids completely wearing masks over their faces. Yeah, you see it under the chins, and yeah, they're under the chin the whole game. And like, <clears throat> it's funny at the uh, team world shootout, listening to some of the refs on the sideline who they, they weren't, it wasn't their game, so they were just kind of talking about it. They were saying, like, why are we having mass timeouts for kids that's not wearing masks? You know, yeah. we, we're supposed to have a mandatory mass timeout, and the kids they have them on, but they're like chin diapers. They have them one hundred ten, and that's where they're at. And so we, we're stopping the game, but like it's mandatory for the refs to have them over their mouths, but the kids aren't wearing them. So that's one way how I can see it. It, it is probably spreading. And, and then let's be honest. I mean, it's just so hard to police a lot of the, the kids inside and outside the school. So I mean, we know it's been a long, long, long um, time of these kids being you know, without being in school. So missing their friends and being around them. And, you know, these kids aren't the first thing they're thinking of, oh, before I be, you know, jumping on you and hugging on you, let me put my mask up. Like, that's not the first, yeah. that's not the thing they're, they're going to think yeah. of. So, they're not going to be that responsible. <laughs> exactly. They're not responsible yeah. whatsoever. Still high school kids. So that's what's, I mean, from my point of view, that's I, that's what's been happening. Um, well, Steve, Steve, walk me through, because I was wondering about that. I'm, I've, like, I've seen the pictures and stuff where kids have had masks on on mm -hmm. the court, and I was one like I was wondering about the the rules that are in play right now for these. Like you 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 mentioned the mandatory mask timeout. Could you could you go over some of the the, the major uh, things that that you guys have to do with regards to mask and playing, uh, you know, at the high school level? Because at the, the the other levels, we don't there's no masks are involved at all. But, you know, it, it still is the case on the high school. Um, as far as I know, going into the season, we, we went through trainings about uh, the COVID mandate and, and things of that nature of how we're supposed to prepare for games. Um, can I say everybody has executed properly? No, we haven't. Um, as much as I can keep telling my kids to pull their mask up, it's just not happening. I mean, they CPS and IHSA wants every kid to have the mask over the nose and the mouth. Mm. Um, and like you said, if you seen you seen maybe seen the, quite a few pictures where kids uh, probably had it either up or just completely below the chin. And um, I was under the impression that the referees were going to enforce it. I thought they were going to stop games. Hey, pull the mask up. But you may see that on the higher levels. But on the lower levels, those refs are just trying to get in and get out. So they, they're not really controlling uh, that aspect of the game. Um, again, like I said, the, one of the other things were getting testing every week at the school. If you, if you don't have COVID, uh, if you do the test and you don't have COVID, you're able to play. If you do have it, then you have to sit out for maybe, I want to say, a week or a week and a half. Um, yeah. possibly like the mandatory 10 days uh, situation. But, uh, you know I mean, that's pretty much everything that they put in play. And there could be more, but uh, uh, on, on the basketball side, it's they, they try to, to cover it as much as possible, but I, we just haven't been seeing it implemented a lot, uh, especially in a lot of these high-level games that we saw uh, the past few weekends.
and so you talk talking like like say team role shootout and you know we uh you know we had you on before the 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 uh, elite classic a couple weeks ago yeah. that hasn't been the case with with games like that these showcase games no definitely i mean at the elite classic i mean one team was from california where they probably don't wear masks at all so they they mm-hmm. mask on a bench you know what i'm saying so you can't really flop them because they're coming into it not really knowing the the protocol that we you know we have out here but uh for the most part I mean, I, I know coaches have been wearing masks on during the game, but, you know, sometimes when you yelling and you intense and trying to get your point across to your, your players, sometimes you it gets forgotten. Yeah. yeah, yeah, you got to pull it down and you, gotta, and you might forget. I, don't, I know personally a couple of times I've got so frustrated through my mask off and then by halftime I'm looking for it again because I'm like, you know, just in, into the game and totally forgotten, thinking I'm back in 2019. Right. Like everything is cool. I, I want to see, I want to see a coach start chewing on their mask like, uh, like <laughs> Arcadian used to do with the right. towel. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. That that'll be, I'm not that will be the new one. Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, that'll yeah. be that's crazy. Right, right, right. Quick though, before we, I want to get into some of these games that you did see, oh, okay. uh, and recently. But uh, you know, I, I do you think that at, at some point. Because another point that me and Joe were talking about was like, you know, they're, they're trying their best at, at the NBA, at the pro level and everything. They, they're, they're doing as much as they can to stave off any type of significant uh, postponements or any type of, you know, uh, you know, reorganization of the league and everything of the schedule. You know, with that being the case, do you think that the, the possibly there could be mask on in in pro games or, or high level college games and stuff like that. Well, if we remember in college last year, we had tons of games that was probably uh, suspended due to COVID. Um, yeah, so the, I yeah. When I say the mask. Do you think you know, oh, try to I don't against that? Yeah, I don't. I don't see it happening. I don't yeah. see it happening. A, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, the money is being made off the players' likenesses, and if you're not seeing their faces, it's tough. Um, so I think that's one of the, the main things, you know, um, the, 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 the leagues, all the leagues are trying to recoup all that money that they lost because of COVID. Um, and I don't see them stopping at all, especially, you know, um, since the NCAA decided to do their thing and, you know, they're nothing but money. And so I don't see the pro leagues doing that no time soon. Like you said, uh, the Bulls will probably miss two games, and I'm pretty sure they'll be rescheduled at a later date because they need, you know, they need to get that money. Yeah, that they're was not right. They they not, they got gonna lose those games. That's no, they they not they not gonna lose their money. And, and I mean, you saw it. I mean, remember going back to the bubble? Like a lot of those teams, they played at they played at the in Orlando. And remember how watching those games, like each game, all games at the same arena. But each game, uh, since Denver home game, Denver had their main sponsor's uh, logo in the middle of the court or, you know, on the court side. So they still, you know, they, they made sure they found a way to still yeah. get their money. So Yeah, they would, they'd have the projections on the yeah, phone. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. exactly. The digital projections. And yeah, and, and it changed each team whoever was playing their main sponsor because, remember, every team now in the NBA is sponsored by some company yeah. now. They have yep. to make sure, which is one of the main reasons why they were going to do the – the uh, the other bubble out here in Chicago for all the teams that didn't make it, 
because yeah. they those companies are like, okay, well, those teams are still playing. We paid all this money to get our brand, and because this team didn't win, we still need to get our money, your money's worth. So, yeah. I mean, miss, yeah, they don't want to miss yeah. out. Yeah. They don't want to miss out. And so, and, and see, and, and see, I'm like, I'm being, I've, I've, I've joked about a little bit that we're on the road back to the bubble, but I, I could, I mean, I'm, you know, I could see what it happening where it might not, it not necessarily be the one bubble, but it, you might have the multiple, uh, you know, multiple play areas or whatever, uh, secluded pit, uh, play areas, and they try to do what they can. If it gets to a certain level, a certain degree of uh, of outbreak, you know, but it they it's 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 just I, they play with fire to me, Steve, and I think yeah. they. I don't know what they can do to you know once you get when you get to a team losing ten guys at once, you know how many how how long are they going to have to sit the Bulls for the Bulls to be straight? You know that's the that should be a huge concern. And even though they get that exception of being able to sign players, like in the long run. You never they, know. They, they bring in new guys, and the new guys get sick. And, yeah, sick. Yeah. And, and 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 exactly. I think yeah. in, in the long run, um, <clears throat> the NBA could go back to the bubble. I would, if I'm the NBA, I would probably cut out the the All Star Weekend, even though it's so much money to be made. But be, Cleveland, remember, <laughs> yeah, I know. But who wants to go to Cleveland? This would be the person <laughs> to do that. <laughs> Joe Kim Noah. Who wants to yeah, who right. wants to be in Cleveland? But I mean, realistically, that I mean, I would think they would shut it down for a week, let everybody for two weeks, let everybody get back on, on par, and then the rest finish the rest of the year in the bubble. To me, yeah. I've always and being a Chicago guy, I've always thought that McCormick Place, McCormick Place would be one of the best places to do it. with all that room. They could bring NBA court, sit them all over there like they would do at right. AAU event. Put those. We got two. Uh, you got two uh, big hotels, and you got the Wintrust Arena. Yeah, you use all that space. Players don't go anywhere. Chicago has the best food, so who wouldn't <laughs> want to be? Who wouldn't want to come out here for the another you know a month or two and be out here in Chicago and just finish yeah. the game out here? I agree with I, I, that's it, it's it's a good central location too. Yep. So like, yeah, if you're the league, I would I would expect them to do like a like yeah have one in Orlando or so Florida somewhere. I'll be the three. Yeah, but you have another one in Chicago, and maybe you have another, to do one in Vegas. Yeah, and one in Vegas. Yeah. Vegas. Yeah. That probably that probably be all you need. Really, right? You, you just do the three. Yeah, you do the three, and then if if teams got to go travel, they go straight. They travel, you know, spray everything down, go straight to the hotels, nowhere mm-hmm. else. Game day, walk through the tunnel, and go straight. You don't even have to go outside. Everything yeah. is. I mean, they, they did an amazing job with the Orlando yeah. bubble, and. Right. You know, it's funny because I looked up. I think this this came up over the weekend because LA had played the Magic, but uh, LeBron, you know, says that here in Orlando, he said on that on the shop show that here in Orlando now gives them PTSD and all that. So <laughs> I'm sure it was rough for the guys down there. But oh, you definitely. Know, it, it, what you go? What you gonna do at this point, man? It, it, that, you want to you want to continue to make your money? I mean, yeah. Yeah, I, I you you didn't see many opt out, <laughs> so I mean they 
if the NBA has to do it, they're going to do it. And the players is going to have to figure out what's best for them and their families. Yeah, definitely. It's, we'll see how it goes, man. I, it, I hate, I, I'd hate for it to be like a derailment of the bull season too. just, you know, uh, as we, you know, just in wrapping this set, that's this part of the segment up. Like, you know, like the, the season has been so – such a good start, so many good positive feelings about the team. It would be really messed up for that to be, like I say, derailed because of, you know, not being able to contain this this illness and stuff. It, you know, the, the fortunate thing, too, is that it's not, like, really debilitating anybody from what we've heard. It, you know, most of the guys are, you know, having minor – uh, effect on them uh, symptoms, you know, yeah. minor symptoms, yeah. yeah. And some aren't some aren't even ex- exhibiting any symptoms. But you know, we we know you don't want to play with you don't don't want to play with this at all. You know, they uh, I, there's there's been a report already about uh, I think in 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 England about a person passing from the Omicron variant. So we don't you know this thing is still new. This this specific version of it is still new. And as long as you have these new variants coming, you know we gotta, you gotta, we gotta exhibit as much precaution as possible. Much no, possible. no, definitely. Um, I, I'm not sure what the number was. I, I, I want to. I mean, I don't want to be misquoted about if we had. I think we had one person in Chicago that that had the Omicron. Yeah, there's been yeah, there's, 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 made, there's been cases. Made so, and they say this is the the that one is the the most fastest spreading one, so that could definitely be a, a major concern. Yeah, um, yeah, man. And and again, what we again we don't factor is now with all the arenas also being back, basically to one hundred percent capacity. Like, yes. I mean that I mean they can do the forehead test all you want, you know that thing get through. Like like little mice, you know, it, it, it don't mm-hmm. matter. Like that, someone and, that, and that may that may provide a buffer too, where if as as in regards to getting into the bubble thing, maybe yeah. they don't necessarily go that far, but they might have to eliminate the the crowds again yeah, or scale cut back, back. yeah, scale, scale back. back on the crowds, you know, yeah, and you know, because yeah, because like you say, that's a lot of that could be coming. You know, players they. They family, they'll, get, yeah. they'll get family into the games and friends, and they'll get to you know hugging and shaking up with them after games and stuff. So you know, it's, it's yep. it can come from all these directions, yep. man. Yep. You know, yep. and then if I say if unless you're containing these these teams, uh, you know, completely in a bubble by themselves, you you don't have a hundred percent control on the way that they. Uh, you know, interact with the with the world around them. Exactly, and you can. I mean, there's no way to really police them as well. I mean, so I mean, these are still grown men who have their own lives, and you know, I, I mean, going back to again to the bubble part, who was that that was sneaking out going to the strip clubs? Was it? Uh, well, uh, Lewis Williams. Lewis Williams. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like you know, at the end of the day, they still going to go do and hang who they who they want to hang with, and. You just got to be, you know, they got to be careful. Um, and the NBA has to probably, especially now with the Bulls, they're going to have to take a stand and like, hey, we got to get, we got to hunker down and kind of get this back quarantined yeah. a bit. Yeah, yep. definitely. definitely. Well, uh, yeah, before we before we wrap up, man, you know, uh, part, uh, getting 
I, I'm labeling you my my prep high school, my high, my high school correspondent. Yeah, you, you, you've been helping out with that. Really appreciate it. And um, you know, you you went out to the 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 team rose uh event at Mount Carmel this weekend. And uh, you know, you 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 you, was, you told me I, I wasn't able to make it, but you told me that okay. it, it was going to be in a lot of ways better than the Elite Classic uh, was going to be. You know, do you think that was the, that wound up being the case? They had a uh, you know a couple players there that weren't at the Elite Classic, right. uh, you know, a couple of, of showcase players from the area, uh, uh, the Duke recruit, uh, Jake was Jaden Shut, yep, and um. And a, and a guy from uh, Glen Bard West, the uh, the, the uh, Braden, yeah, Braden, uh, Braden Huff. Yeah, yeah. So starting with yeah. with those two games, like, what did you think about uh, what you saw there? Well, before I, before I before I start, I want to clear up. So I'm a, I didn't say it was better because I don't want like people killing me <laughs> out in the street. Okay, well, I go put you out there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, so the games overall, there were some much tighter games, some better games to like kind of sit and watch. Um, the event overall is always a, a, a much uh, anticipated event, like the Chicago Elite Classic. It normally happens every week after the Elite Classic. Um, so that was, it's always fun to have. It's, it's, it sort of reminds me like a city versus suburban type uh, okay. Feel like a lot of the games is like a lot of the city schools versus a lot of the suburban schools, whether it's okay. Catholic League, Catholic League, Public League. Like I said, North Suburban, South Suburban, West Suburban schools uh, always come and just kind of give uh, a real more of a basketball high school atmosphere as opposed to League Classic, which is more like a vet in the vet. Um, yeah, that's sort the, of the college, the college stadium, there, yeah. yeah, yeah, college stadium. We, um, it's funny at the uh, elite classic, we said it's like our big family reunion, like the elite classic is like the big family reunion to kind of get started before the season, and then okay. the team rose event is really the you know how we get started. But no, honestly, to jump in while I was saying it, um, yeah, uh, Yorkville Christian has Jaden shoot, uh, like I said, do commit. They played a really tough uh, High Park team who's, like, really been on the up uh, this season. Uh, High Park has a kid by the name of Devontae Hall, probably a, a low Division One type kid, uh, getting quite quite a few looks for some schools. But, uh, man, Jaden Shoot came and put on a show. The, the man put on a, a shooting clinic. Anything, any every spot on the court, it felt like he couldn't miss. Mm. Two or three guys running, running at his face, he – he he lit them up, uh, fadeaways, uh, um, got to the rim a couple of times, uh, mid range. That the, the kid, the kid can score, and, and realistically, his his whole team can score. They 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 have a, a sort of a real exciting team. Don't really play with a lot of defense, but they get the ball out quick, and they just look to the the first person who's open. Normally, is taking a taking private, taking the best shot available. Okay, so yeah. what, what do you think of? About you know, you, you say he went out there and produced well. I see, uh, I got a report from the Sun Times in front of me. Say he scored 15 consecutive in the second quarter and at 35 yeah. overall. So yeah. it seemed like you know this is a guy who is he, he he's ready. He he seems to be ready for the moment and ready to prove himself as a guy who uh, you know probably has a big target on him right now, being a Duke recruit. Yeah, uh, in a state, you know, when you get, when you commit to Duke, you always get that 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 bullseye put on your back. Yeah. That's you know one of the blue bloods. You 
it's the Duke Kentucky type feel. Like you get that on your back, then everybody's gunning for you. And definitely a lot of you know they were gunning for him in that game. But he's one of those kids who who answers the call every time. Uh, I've watched him play. He's like I said, really phenomenal kid. Very athletic. I think he almost caught an alley-oop dunk that, that would have sent the whole gym up, but he had just missed it. Um, going forward, I think he'll feel well at Duke. He's, like I said in, in the podcast, podcast previously, he's that uh, that uh, John Sire with a little bit more uh, athleticism. Um, he's um, – uh, what's my man Allen that 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 everybody hated at Duke? Uh, oh, Grayson Allen. Grayson Allen. He's that Grayson <laughs> Allen type of guy, kid that he'll be there for probably two to three years, and everybody's gonna hate him. Like, you know, how long have you been here at Duke? Because he's gonna light everybody up. They kind of uh, need you know, a kid like that again. They haven't had a kid like that in a few years. Yeah, again, like <laughs> I said in the previous podcast, Joey Baker was supposed to be that guy, and it just never materialized with him. He uh, just never became that. That that gem rat that they thought that they were getting from him because they normally always get one. They, they always get one. If it wasn't Cal Singler, Grayson Allen, uh, I can name off of quite a few other ones. But yeah, yeah JJ uh, Reddick going back. JJ Reddick, yeah. Or before him, Wojciechowski. Uh, oh like, yeah, Wojciechowski. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you know they're they're getting a really good one with him. Uh, I don't see him being my part of the big rotation next year at Duke. Um, cause I think, I think quite a few kids will probably come back now with the NIL in place. I mean, who wants to leave Duke and just go play in the G league? You know what I'm saying? We yeah. can probably make money, make more money staying in Duke where you're loved and, and everybody wants to, you know, see you. So that, that can be different. And John Sire is taking over. So I can see them playing a little bit more of a free, free flowing type of basketball. Now the more up tempo, more up tempo. Um, uh, I, I, I think Shire would, would definitely be a player's coach that that, that Duke fans would love to have. And that, and that's me being a Duke fan. So, right. Yeah, I say yeah. if, if, if people ain't see you on running with running with war, uh, you run over your Duke fandom there. Yeah, man. But, uh, yeah, a big, big Duke fan. Yeah, huge. So, yeah. I mean, that was that was uh, one of the, the showcase games. The next one, uh, was. Probably one of the one of the best games again so far of the year. And granted, too, Yorkville Christian played Glenbard West the night before. Uh, okay, so right, I, yeah. You, it, yeah. you watched that game, or did you just? No, yeah. I watched it online. Uh, okay. The the uh, NFHS service. I, I just watched it online because I was nowhere going to be able to get out to Yorkville Christian. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. This is just a truck. I'm um, yeah. but no, they played each other the night before. And, uh, yeah, who won that game? Glenbar West kind of destroyed them. They just had too much size Man. and uh, too much, yeah, too much size, and they actually played defense. So that that <laughs> sort of that sort of came into play. But okay. uh, the next game, I think, uh, surprised a lot of people. Hillcrest, one of the South Suburban, always South Suburban favorites every year. Sure. The Hillcrest Hawks, man, they came, they came ready, they came ready to, to the battle, and and honestly, they answered the call. They they were really up. Uh, most of the game, uh, it was sort of back and forth teeter, but the Hillcrest went up quite a, uh, a couple times in the game when had a lot of people saying, like, okay, at what point is Glenbar West going to take over? But they never did. Hillcrest uh, had the size to compete with them. And Hillcrest um, really, they just, um, 
they they play in a different style of basketball. That I think Glenbar West is not used to that sort sort of a rugged city type style where they okay. get in your face. They you know not they they're not really afraid of of you. They're they'll use your they'll use your strength and make it your weakness. And okay. um, one of Glenbar West's biggest strengths is like I said, they have size. Braden Huff is a six ten forward who they use as a point guard. I mean, yeah. gosh, who's who's gonna really steal the ball from him? Then they have uh. A kid, Bobby Durkin, who's really good, a big-time shooter uh, who I saw a lot uh, on our prep hoop circuit, really good. Then, um, man, I'm missing quite a few. Um, but it's going uh, to be in a tight game. I, I, again, I got the I got a report in front yeah. of me, a 51-58 Glenbar yep. final, and uh, Huff had apparently had to uh, block a shot at the last second. Uh, yeah, he, he – yeah, I guess you could say that. He, he actually had to take over uh, down the stretch for them because Hillcrest's defense was really suffocating. And uh, the other guys uh, don't have they, – they really wasn't used to that type of ball pressure. And so, Brayden Huff being the 6'10 guard had to take over and and, and, and get Glenbar West to a win, man. Okay. That, that's that, – when you have that, that special player, that's – that's gonna be the case at, at this level sometimes. You just gotta yeah. uh you know guide you to that win. Yeah, and again, so I didn't mention it, kids going to Gonzaga, again, one of the top teams in the nation. Yeah. I mean, realistically, they are high major. We're not even talking about that conference. Gonzaga themselves oh, yeah. are high major program. Yeah, they're yeah, they're definitely uh I they they're one of the you know, you I can't call it the blue blood yet, but they not yet, but they, yeah. Yeah, they have, they but they've been competitive for like what twenty years now, like, going strong and, yeah. and 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 seems to only be getting stronger and stronger. So yeah, yeah, man. I mean, we have to, we kind of have to put them on that notch right up, right below the blue bloods. I mean, yeah, yeah I, I put it with the Illinois. I mean, I know some Illinois fans think they <laughs> blue bloods, but nah, it, 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 <laughs> no, right? no, no. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it, the, yeah, I, I, I could, I could, I could, I could yeah. go into that, but yeah, but, yeah, yeah, we didn't. <laughs> Yeah. But yeah, but I, I, let's, let's, let's talk a little college before we go. But, yeah. but before that, you know, I just want anything else that stood out to you from uh, the the Team Rose event. Um, I would say a, a, a big performance on Sunday from uh, a guard. So Joliet West has a, a future high major guard in the making. Uh, a little fear. I, I always get the name wrong. It's either Jeremy or forget the boy's name. They played Brother Rice. And though the game wasn't as competitive, you can see where this kid is going to be a high major talent that everybody's going to come and try to pick from out of Illinois. Um, that was a pretty good game. Is it Justice McNair? No, no, no. Uh, what's the boy's name? Uh, I think it's Jeremy oh, Fears. Jeremiah Fears. I yeah, see. Jeremiah Fears. Yeah, Jeremiah. I'm sorry. Man, my bad. I see the kid all the time. Jeremiah. And my bad because his older brother is at uh, Lalamira who's a top 30 talent in his class. Um, oh. Yeah, he's yeah, he's possibly going to come back to Illinois, uh, the state of Illinois next year, possibly. I, I know I can't, can't, you know, stamp anything. But, yeah, it, the, the younger brother showed out, played pretty well. Did, didn't have his best game, but uh, the kid from Brother Rice, uh, Amai Henderson, was huge. Put a, He put on a point guard clinic. He was really good. And then the last game, uh, or I mean not or but uh, Curie versus um, Leo was a really good game, man. Uh, Curie is 
basically the they are the host of this event. Um, being that they're all they're sponsored by Team Rose, they host the event. And Leo was sort of was one of those schools that you can never really count out. Um, don't a lot of people don't know many of the players on their team, but they play super hard and they play. To me, I, I told a lot of the other media guys, Leo kind of rivals a little bit. I mean, mirrors Curie where they, over the summer they just go play everywhere and it doesn't matter, and they just go play and and get better as a team. Uh, every weekend, it doesn't matter who they're playing against, city, suburban, they just go and play. And a lot of times, that that which is what Curie does, and that helps them come come the season. Everybody's gelling and playing well. Come in December, I know I know a couple I know a few uh, uh, Leo alums. I I saw one on uh, Facebook the other day. I think they they have had a uh, God I forget what school it might have. Uh, one of another one of the schools we was talking about, they had p- played them in their gym, and what like, was Saint Ignatius? Saint Ignatius, yes, Saint, yeah, Saint Ignatius, who was a who has a, quite a few uh, prospects on that team, um, and yeah, Leo got them in their gym and kind of mopped mopped the floor with them because they just yeah. played tough, toughness with tenacity, man. And uh, yeah, man, they they that's one of those teams you gotta watch if you want in the lower lower levels of uh, IHSA. If you're a one A or two A school, I think they're one A. But if you're one of those schools, like Leo's, one of those schools, you you can't you can't not forget because they they seem to be coming. And majority of the kids on that team are juniors and sophomores, so that's even more scary. Oh yeah, definitely more chemistry there. Those guys, like I say, they know how to play with each other as well. So yeah. But, uh, you mentioned smaller schools. I gotta uh, get you to talk about uh, your your small school tournament that you're having mm-hmm. over the holiday season before we go. But before before that, uh, yeah, you know, we t- talking a little bit about the college game and over the week. This was a pretty interesting weekend, uh, you know, with uh, you know the college game starting back with uh, the upset of Purdue at at Rutgers. Uh, then then you had a uh, you know, uh, Rutgers and 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 Seton Hall they actually they both, they both had top ten wins on the same night. Then they yep. played each other on Sunday, and Seton Hall beats Rutgers. Yeah, like uh, that, that battle for New Jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep, yep, yep. And it, you know, there were some high profile games throughout the weekend. You know, uh, uh, I, I saw a little bit of the the Villanova game. They, uh, uh, you know, Baylor just whooped on them and. Uh, you know, so Baylor's number one now. Uh, yeah. You know, Purdue falling back. Uh, I saw the uh, the Illinois Arizona game, and it seemed like a, a lot of people are, are waking up to Arizona now. You know, they uh, you know they anytime you win in Champagne, of course, is a right. is a, uh, is a good good market. And, and you know, I watched that whole game, and they just seemed like a really tough team that really uh, it. It's not Arizona teams that we've been used to in the past, where you had all these high-profile guys. Like they got a lot of European guys and stuff like that. But uh, though they they played hard and whatever Illinois threw at them, like uh, you know, they didn't. As I said again, I got my stuff yeah. in Illinois. I could. I got you. <laughs> but they they got some. They, they they really need a guy to control the ball for them late in games for one. And but. You know, before it got to that point, they were hitting a lot of threes. Like that that plumber kid they got from Utah is killing. Oh, yep. Frazier yep. is, is shooting as good as he's ever shot. 
they didn't get the ball in well to Kofi. Kofi, yeah, and you know he was he was kind of he was kind of lost in the sauce for a lot of the game. But uh, like I said, the Arizona team's pretty tough, and a lot of people are looking at them in the top ten now as being a team that could compete well with. I don't. You got any thoughts about uh, how things are shaping up on in the college side? No, definitely. I mean, um, one being close to the DePaul program with my cousin being assistant coach there. Oh yeah, no, um, yeah. I, I can't. Yeah, big um, win so, over Louisville on Friday. Yeah, I watched huge, that game. Yeah, that was huge, great huge win. win. Huge win and yeah, to, huge win in Louisville, and to double the fact that they beat Rutgers, who beat Purdue. Right, always looks great on the resume. With only having one loss, and realistically, I think that was their first road game. I mean, up until that game, they've been playing every game at home. So that's that was big uh, to kind of get a win over ACC team. Uh, yeah, yeah with, with Illinois, man, I would definitely say they're really missing um, uh, Carmelo. I mean, not Carmelo. Carmelo, yeah. Carmelo, yeah. I think they sort of need him. But he also needs that break to kind of see where – he needs to fit in with this team. This is a totally different team than what they had last year. No matter what people were saying, oh, they felt that they were better this year. No way. There's, yeah. It, it, I'm sorry. I, I made so much difference for them, man. It's, yeah. It's crazy. I know. I know. And I also feel Georgie, the, the, oh, yeah. that kid, was a huge – he was a – he was a guy, an energy guy off that on and off that bench for that team that always got those guys fired up. Yeah. He played a huge, huge role of for that team down the stretch, especially when Kofi went to the bench and then you could come with him and he can go in and sort of play inside, outside as well. I think they're they were really missing that. And then also with this team, I know I just saw Austin, Austin Hutchinson just went down. Oh, yeah. He might be out for the rest of the season. So they're, you know, they're they're fighting, they're fighting their team from last year. Basically, they're fighting the the mystique of that team from last year, which is unfair to them. But I think that's sort of kind of weighing heavy on them. Um, and they and they and, and they, this has been a harder schedule than that team at last definitely, so definitely, far. So definitely. when you look at them losing to Arizona, who may be a top ten team for a while going forward, easily. Lose it to Marquette, who has turned out to be a pretty good team. Pretty good team, yep. Yeah, so, Marquette beat UCLA, right? Marquette just beat UCLA at in. Well, I think I, Milwaukee. Did they, did I, they lose? I think UCLA won that game because I, I was okay, okay. Yeah, yeah, I think UCLA. I going, they didn't okay, play. Was, yeah, they played on Saturday, sports. but yeah, right, right, okay. I think UCLA okay. won that one, but so I'm yeah. wrong, yeah. So they, you know, uh, God, I forget what the third loss is, fellow. No, I think it was. Uh, but I don't think that they don't really have a bad loss. Basically, they're seven right. three. But right. I, I, I say there's still some. They got some growing to do, definitely. And and, Car- yeah, definitely. and not having Carbello in that Arizona game probably didn't make a difference. Hurt them. Yep. Definitely. So uh, especially down the stretch, somebody you would think by Trent Frazier being that five year guy that he yeah. would be able to kind of. But his role has changed from year to year. You got to remember when he first started, they was more of a scorer his freshman year under the old regime then. Coming this with the new regime, they had him off the ball so much that right. I can kind of see how it would kind of be kind of difficult for him to kind of jump back into that point guard mode. Um, yeah. Especially having to play with Io and Carmelo the last two years, like those guys are so ball dominant that you can't. I mean, whatever you say, like if you're not on that ball consistently and not always running plays as the, the lead point guard, you can lose something sometimes. 
You can lose yeah. that 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 sharpness. Yeah, any, any other teams that well, – you, you mentioned DePaul. Like, DePaul. They, they may be getting some looks now. We shot we, – we hollered at Seth Davis. He didn't respond to me yesterday. Yeah, but, right. You know, he's like, you know uh, he had his top 25. But I, I would, like I say, I would think that DePaul would be like a 30 – top yeah. 30, 35 team I, at the moment. I, I think so, Well. Yeah, remember their only loss was to a really good, really good coach Loyola team, man. And Loyola is a team that Loyola, man, top, they top still 30 rolling. Right now, yeah, yeah. I think they were twenty four in his rankings. I'm not sure what they are in the the national AP poll, yeah. but they have to be up there. Remember, they lost tough games to Michigan State and UConn. I mean, right. how how can you fault that? You know, being a Missouri Valley team this year until they move conferences, but like. Yeah, man, Loyola's really strong still. Um, they run their sets to a T, and they don't they don't really get razzled much by uh, the guys who they're playing against. I mean, Loyola is going to be, again, one of those teams down the stretch that you can look up and shoot, they're back in the Sweet 16 come March. Yeah. I'm going to try to see uh, the local teams, all the local teams in person uh, over this year. I'm, I'm, at, I'm, going, I'm planning to go to the, the UIC DePaul game tomorrow. Yeah. Yeah, so I might be there. It's a possibility I might be there. <laughs> okay, cool. Like, on, like I said, depending on what's going on with my team, I, you know. But yeah, but that yeah. holds a lot. Yeah, that holds a lot. Speaking of your team and what you got going on, you know, uh, I, I, I see the tweet of uh, Michael O'Brien from the Sun Times tweeted out your bracket for yeah. the, the, the Julian Small School Holiday Tournament. And, yeah. uh, you know, you tweeted as well, it's the first year that you've had it. So you know, uh, talk about that, you know, uh, before we go and And uh, it's something that's going on from the 27th to the 29th. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three days. Uh, like I said, it's eight teams. We're going to start off eight teams. Just kind of get a feel for it. Um, for the most part, I've, I've gotten uh, quite a few schools uh, contacting me about being a part next year. Um, and the reason why I did it, uh, I, I saw that what's missing in the Christmas tournament for one, we don't have many city tournaments anymore. We used to do a CPS Christmas tournament. That's gone now um, because of the, the, the major outpour of these suburban schools. I mean, you got to think about it. In the one area alone, we got Proviso West, Hensdale Central, and York, who are all in their, like, 15-minute range of each other. And they have all the teams going out there. And I'm saying to myself, why do, I, why do we keep going out to these other schools to play in their events? Where we could we have enough um, we have enough schools out here to do our own thing out here in the city, that so way. so I, I I decided to to go along that route and then playing a few years ago when I, when I was assistant coach at Kenwood we played out in uh, Bloomington and they have a, a tournament the State Farm tournament where they have um, over sixty four teams. But what they do is very unique. <clears throat> they still do 16 teams, but they do a small school bracket and a large school bracket. Okay. Now, of course, a lot of the small schools won't play, won't be able to be able to really compete with a lot of the, the, the large schools. So I'm thinking, and I'm like, why don't we do, we have so many small schools in Chicago. Why not just do a small school tournament in Chicago? So a lot of these smaller teams don't have to go out and draft far and go get whipped by 40 every every day 
And then now you got to go. Competitive balance. Yeah, it's more competitive balance. And now you're not coming back into the second half of your season feeling all where you got kids who might want to quit because they they tired of getting whipped on. And, you know, you know, because realistically, come March, you're not playing these teams. You're not playing these teams uh, for state. You're playing the smaller schools who will play a different style of basketball. And um, granted, you want to see where you are. Playing larger schools, but in the grand scheme of things, you will you really want to prepare your team for what to what you're gonna see come March, and uh, that that was one of the reasons why I put the the tournament together. Um, like I said, I've been getting really good feedback from a lot of schools. Uh, once once we kind of get started, um, I'm gonna put a filler out because really, Julian, we have two courts in the same in the same building. So, like I said, we're going to do the one. We're going to start out with eight teams this year, and next year we can evolve to 16. And, shoot, maybe we can, you know, grow from there. But I, I don't want to make it too big because then it gets oversaturated with just, like, bad basketball. So, eventually you just want to just start small and, and see how we can grow from there. And, and I know you, you know, when you talked with me and uh, my guys on and Drew and, and us on uh, the other show, we we'll talk, we talked a little bit about you building up the program down there at Julian. How do, I'm guessing you, you know you you think this plays a role in, in that as well as far as making Julian more of an active basketball school again, or or just making people more aware of Julian basketball. Um, it helps out for me, but I feel the other part is I really want to help a lot of these other smaller schools who have maybe one or two kids that could probably get recruited by some of these lower JUCO uh, programs mm-hmm. and some of these lower uh, NA, NAI, or, NAI or D3 schools. Um, for the most part, we've played uh, so far seven games. And I can tell you, every game I play is probably one or two guys on the other team that could probably play college next year somewhere. So mm-hmm. <clears throat> to, to do a tournament like this is, is sort of kind of um, – you know, kind of brings a lot of those guys to light. And it, does, it helps my program as well. Uh, we're playing competitive games uh, where we're not just blowing teams out. You know, we're, we're playing teams who are sort of in the same boat as us, teams that's trying to get their, their programs back on track. We're playing Crane like Crane's in it. Remember, like, we just played uh, – We I played Crane last week. We won the overtime. Like I said on my tweet, it wasn't that the triple overtime uh, classic – that you know was on that was on our show preps uh, in 2001, but mm-hmm. it was still a it was still a fun game to be played. Um, it, I I felt the nostalgia in it, going to Crane and playing them in their gym, um, and you know just Julian versus Crane, like this you know a fierce fierce competitive game. And yeah. so like they're yeah. they're yeah they're in the tournament as well. Again, another program trying to get back on track. Um, and, and, and there's other schools of that that's sort of the same thing. I, I want to reach out to like King and some other schools, man, and just you know, kind of just get that good small school and just kind of get you know, let, let let them know that they're not being they're not forgotten that uh, it's okay to just play within your within your area and 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 still you know have a good season. Right, right. That's yeah, definitely, definitely wishing you uh, you know, uh, good fortune with this 
this tournament, man, and everything. So, again, that's going to be at, uh, at Julian, right? Uh, from yes, at Julian. The 27th to the 29th. 27th to the 29th. Uh, I think we're adding uh, a girls portion to it on our second court. Uh, like I said, want to expand that part too. Want to want to continue to help the girls' game grow and, and do the same thing for them because we got quite a few girls who love to play basketball, but just at smaller schools and, you know, them going to play these top schools sometimes can be deflating to them when they go play and they losing freaking – I saw a couple scores from past weekend, girls' scores. Yeah, like 52, that, 50, 52 to 8. Like, that's not fun. Those, yeah, those blowouts can be real bad. Yeah, it's not fun. And it, 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 it can hurt some younger girls who really like basketball and may not just be able to get to one of those bigger schools. And playing in a small school environment, it's just probably a little bit better for them. Yeah. But that, yeah, definitely, man. Really, uh, really, you know, uh, feel what you're doing, man. And, uh, you know, again, appreciate you coming on with me and, and, and talking. You know, uh, like, so we, we would have had, I usually have Drew on with this yeah, I know. on Monday, but, you know, he's he's caught up <laughs> doing some stuff. So glad to have you on to talk ball with me, man. Uh, no, anytime, bro. Anytime, man. Yeah. Anytime. Uh, uh, like I said yesterday, I wish I could have chimed in about the Bears game, but you know, I was at the Team Rose event and trying to chug it home. We win, yeah. winning, winning, then I get home. Like, oh, we losing? Like, like what, yeah, that's what that's the tough part with the Bears. Like I said, you, you gotta you either gotta watch all the Bears games or, or just yeah. you, you can't you can't be right. You can't be uh you know you can't take for granted when they have good tabs or good, or good quarters either. You know? Exactly. But, uh, but exactly. they'll, they'll they'll get back eventually. But but it, I'm, I'm yeah. glad you were able to do have another good a good day doing what you do, what you love to do and enjoy. Oh, yeah, so yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, like I said, we'll definitely keep up, man. And uh, like I say anything else you want to promote or anything, or you know, just no, man. Know. I just if you guys get a chance, come out. Uh, any coaches or anybody checking, come out and check us out. Uh, 27th yeah. to the 29th, uh, hoping and. Praying that everything's good with my team and we can be able to compete this week. Um, yeah. Because I, the one thing I don't want to do is reschedule games or have games postponed due to COVID. But I mean, sometimes it's just safer that way for my kids and their families. At the end of the day, it's not a, it's not always about basketball. It's about protecting the kids and protecting their families. At the end of the day, so I want to make sure we're doing that. But yeah, if you guys get get a chance to come out to Julian, and I, I really want to try to start getting the alumni out, man, like. Like I've been saying, like that's a huge component for me is just being able to get the alumni to come back to the school because it's so so many people from Julian that when they stop, oh man, you 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 from you coach at Julian, man, I went there, man, come back, come home, it's okay. Like I'm yeah. I'm here for y'all at the end of the day, man. I I, I want to keep those ties strong and yeah, man, that's that's basically it for me. I yeah, I mean you'll see me around. Like I said, I'll be at college games and I'll be at high school games probably for the next three weeks. Definitely, no doubt. We let's, let's try to get it in as much as we can before any uh any. Uh, hopefully, there won't be. Like I say we won't have to get back to any shutdown business, but right. you know, uh, take advantage of where we can while we can. I, I was I was planning on going to that Bulls Lakers game, but that that might be a no for me now. <laughs> right, Sunday yeah. maybe uh, may not be a choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I can honestly say I've never seen LeBron live, so that's oh wow, one, that was yeah, that was one of my things. Like when go catch this dude out before he hang him up. But yeah, yeah, from the looks of it, it ain't looking 
I don't want to go watch that. <laughs> I, I, I hear you. That. I hear you. But Steve, man, again, uh, I say appreciate you, bro. Uh, good luck in, in you, the near future. We'll 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 be uh, talking soon on online if anything. So no problem, uh, no problem, definitely, man. Thank right. you for having me, man. Yeah, no problem, no problem. Always. That's it, though. Uh, we're gonna wrap it up for this week's show. Uh, no, next week should be uh, the like I say, it'll be the last show, last Monday show of uh 2021. So hopefully, Drew will be back for that. Uh, He'll be back. Drew, Drew will be back, man. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm speaking into in, into existence, man. I'm Get serious. I'm serious. I can rely on Drew for, <laughs> on most weeks, but uh, it'd be like like a year end wrap up show, doing our thing. Nice. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it for now. Though uh, we'll have a uh, uh, ready with war back on Wednesday with the guys doing that thing. Then uh, hopefully we'll have some more news on what's going on with the Bulls and the NBA uh, with COVID stuff. And uh, that's it for now. Uh, oh, yeah, Thursday as well. Uh, I'll, I'll promote this. Uh, hopefully we won't have to push it back again, but we we'll, should be having the uh, the group Abstract Mind State rap group, uh, rap greats here uh, on the underground in Chicago with uh, me and Dave on in the building. And, uh, yeah, that's that's it. We are wrapping up for the year. We're going to finish strong for the year 2021. And uh, hope you do as well. So enjoy your week. Enjoy the rest of your evening, y'all. And uh, you know, keep it safe and uh, keep it steady, all right? Talk to y'all.